Listen, the Word of Faith movement and the confirmation message is the most powerful message ever introduced to humanity. But let me tell you where the problem was. It was directed at things. It was directed at gifts from the hand of God. The faith message was directed at, I want to get a car. Listen, you can get a car, but, but your, your children are running riot around the whole house. You got one gift, but you don't have the blessing. When a man has the blessing, wholeness and perfection is in his life. Because the blessing spreads into everything. You understand it? The nation of Israel didn't have to itemize it. They got the substance, and then the substance spread into everywhere. Because the kingdom is like a little leaven that will leaven the entire thing. And when he says the gospel was preached unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. He's saying that the nations of the earth, their future is not in the hands of any government, is in the hands of the presence of the blessing. That if you have men in that nation who have obtained the blessing, that blessing will affect the entire nation. That what we are saying is that, and Nigeria is at a very crucial place. Listen, we can, out of, and spiritual leaders have to understand it, we can manipulate this message for our own personal benefit and be able to get a lot of silver and gold but at that time, we will sacrifice the destiny of the church in obtaining silver and gold. Or we could release it and say, listen, we'll let go of a way and method in which silver and gold can come now at large quantities in order for people to be able to enter into their destiny. When they get into their destiny, individuals will build entire churches and give their pastor. Are you following what I'm saying here? They will build the church of 20,000 people and say, this is my gift to God in heaven, here. Other than saying God blessed you, give to him. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? When the blessing is in people, the Bible says a small one will be at a thousand. But you see, what is driving away people from this process is that they are reaching for things. So what happens is that when a man gets into a situation, all right, he now tells himself, I want to get out of this situation. He doesn't want to learn anything. He doesn't take it as the chastisement of God. That's why Esau was crying. Anybody that cries really is deception. Really, what you need is repent. Don't cry. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, if you're in the kingdom, you realize this. Esau is crying. <laughs> Look, it doesn't mean they've changed. You can cry and cry and cry. It doesn't mean your heart has changed. He sought what he should have changed. He was a stubborn person. So when he finally saw that he was going to lose it, he started crying. And he started weeping. And he said, this thing is gotten by changing. When you get through the process and you are moving and you hear the voice tell you, change here, you change. It tells you, change here, you change. It tells you, change here, you change. It tells you, change here, you change. A blessed man, you send him into a place with all emptiness. And it tells you categorically that in two weeks' time you can come back. Because I am blessed, I will release words that will fill this particular place with activities because I am going to release the blessing out of my being. You see, what God did when he created man was that God created man in his own image and in his own likeness, inside him. Then he formed man, the structure of man, and then breathed into man the breath of life. What happens in the life of a blessed man 
is that when he goes out into activity, he is releasing from the inside of himself, which means he is forming a structure in order to be able to release what God has placed on the inside of you through words into the channels or the vehicles that you have created for progress, for momentum, or for whatever it is. So there is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. When a man is blessed by God, you say, people speak about, I mean, you people talk about generation cause, yes, it is there, all right? I mean, I was watching, um, um, I think it was the Olympics, right? And or some sport, and they were showing a man, Jonathan Edwards, he used to be a triple jumper for Great Britain. And his grandfather was a solid preacher, a Holy, a Holy Ghost-filled preacher. And if you looked at Jonathan Edwards, he might not have been going to church regularly now, but even if you looked at him, all right, his countenance, you could see that he was a calm dude. You could see that this will be a gentleman. You could see clearly that he will be a disciplined man. And I was listening, and somebody said his grandfather had a very good friend who, at that point, when they were growing up, he ended up in prison. They said his grandson also is in prison while Jonathan Edwards is here, winning gold medal, which means that once there's a course, it runs through the lineage. But you know how a course is broken? It's not by going forward. Let me, now, you can do that, all right? But it's not by, please, pray for me, eh? Pray for me. The minute a man gets the blessing, it reverses all courses. And what it now does is that from that point forward, the lineage of that individual is blessed, which means that the grandchildren will experience things that it will be because God, if they could hear God, he will say, because I swore to your grandfather that this kind of thing will never come into his lineage. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. Which means it is something. Now, it's one thing to get one item. It's another thing to get something that is flowing through. So what we're saying is that, yes, it is still the same process of prayer that people use to say, I want to get what I will eat, what I will drink, what I will wear. Now, do you understand this? We are not changing the vehicle. It is still prayer. It's still the process of words that you get the manifestation of things. We are just saying that the object of that particular thing, which means what you are actually praying about, what you are opening up yourself to, are now not just what the heathen can receive, but you are now reaching out for things that the scripture says, the pals and all of that, that people of this world cannot access. And that's what we are reaching out to receive from God inside our heart. And what Paul was teaching here in Hebrews was the definite process that when you get into situations like this, make sure that you follow peace with all men. I said this last week, once you understand what the blessing is, you say Isaac had the blessing, it's a character. And because Isaac had the blessing, he knew what could destroy the blessing was strife. So what did Isaac do? When he got to the well, Isaac said, listen, if there's strife here, and once you're a blessed person, you know the blessing inside you will tell you that there are right people for anything that you will do in life. A blessed person, the blessing will tell you there is a right place for everything that you will do in life, that you can't just enter into any place because Adam was kicked out of the Garden of Eden, which was a geographical place. So placing, placement is a very important thing. The people that you are involved with is very important. When Jesus conferred the blessing upon them and said, go, 
He showed them that there is the blessing. He said, did you take any script? Did you take any post to show you that the blessing? He said, did you lack anything? That you went out with nothing but the confinement of the blessing upon your lives. And when you went out, did anything lack? But he gave them instructions. He said, don't get yourself involved in anything that will corrupt the blessing. So when Isaac got to the well and there was strife over it, Isaac said, listen, this is not the place that God has prepared. How am I going to know the place that God has prepared? It wasn't by saying, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. I know the Holy Ghost spoke to me. No. It was an issue of when we get there, there are certain qualities and there are certain characteristics that we're looking for. The blessing, which is the anointing, will tell you the qualities. The blessing will tell you the characteristics that you need to look for. And this evening, I'll speak about this. But when Abraham was sending forth Elysia to get a wife for Isaac, they gave him the qualities and all that. And there was something that Elysia did. And any person carrying the blessing has got to do this. Even though the woman appeared, now this is just a lesson in life, she appeared. And the, let's look at it. The, the conditions that the servant had attached were quite unusual about her feeding camels and all of that. Now she had done all of that. But the scripture says that Elysia now went quiet and amplified in his heart that he might see whether God had prospered his way. Which meant that he still went quiet in his spirit, observing to see whether it was the right person. Now, once you are a blessed person, you are not going to be hasty in entering into relationships, even if, let's say it's a business relationship, even if the investors are bringing $100 million. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because you are blessed on the inside. If you get into the situation and you observe it, and you find out that immediately, first two meetings, strife is being generated in it. You will know that regardless of the gifts that can be made available unto me here, if I remain in this situation, it might affect the blessing on the inside of me. If I lose the blessing, then I will lose my positioning. I will lose every other thing that God wants to bring into my life. So Jesus said, when you go in, make sure the people are in sync with you which means there are right people that I will bring into your life. And the way you know the right people is that you are going to be in sync one with another. You are going to be in harmony one with another. I said that when Solomon was building his temple, here, one of the greatest things wasn't just the stones. If you are on the next, in the next compound, you won't have had one hammer. What was going on was that each stone fitted into the next one perfectly. So they were picking the stones. And no matter how one stone was, they knew that they had to find another stone that will fit it exactly and go in. And then they'll find another one that will key. And then find another one that will key. It is not about looking for perfection. It's about looking for the person or the people that are perfect for you. Do you get what I'm saying here? It's not about looking for perfect investors or perfect um, um, whatever you are involved in. It's about looking for people that are perfect for that particular situation. Which means if they carry that stone and put it somewhere else in the building, there would have been a problem. So there was no hammering. There was none all of that. And that was there. And so you as an individual, when you meet with people, the law of recognition comes to play because of the unction that lies on the inside of you. You know the power of the right person being in your life. 
Because Jesus Christ said, where two or three are gathered in my name, go and study that word gathered. You will know that it's not just two or three people coming together and are talking. It's talking about people that are in sync one with another. It's talking about almost like an orchestra, that everybody is playing their part, but everything is in sync one with another. That you are not telling somebody to be what he is not, or you're telling that person to do what they don't want to do. You are telling the person, make sure you are who you are and be who you are, that I might see whether it is a person that is in sync with me. So it was something that they handpicked. And so when Abraham got to the point, he knew the power of strife in destroying the blessing. And he saw that strife was going to come between him and the Lord. It wasn't an issue of working out of love. It was an issue of working in love. Because what he did at the end of the day showed that his heart towards Lot was right. Because when Lot ran into trouble, he mobilized his entire house and his resources to get Lot out of trouble. So it wasn't that he hated Lot. But he said, let there be no strife between you and me. That strife will affect the blessing. If there is strife, there has got to be a separation. He said, it's not that you are wrong as a person, it's that it is not a right fit. Now, do you understand that? Because people sometimes begin to get aggravated and all of that. And what you need to understand is this. Everybody in what you are doing, God has positioned people on the earth. And in the same way the stones were handpicked, you have got to handpick people that will be involved with you in your life when you start getting to, because what happens is this, it will create a reaction on the blessing or the unction of God on the inside of you if people are robbing you of wrongly in what you are doing. So it's an issue of not saying that I hate somebody. In fact, the sooner you separate that kind of thing, all right, the better it will be because you will eventually save the relationship. It's a very important thing. If you get the wrong person into your boat, it can affect everything that you are doing. You might be childhood friends, all right? You might be great friends and all of that. I mean, I have very good friends who are my very, very good friends, all right? That if you go and meet my parents and say that who are your, his friends and they count one, two, three, those are the names they will call. But to be honest with you, I don't think they should be in this church. <laughs> you understand that? Now, they're my very good friends, but that relationship won't work here. <laughs> you understand that? It won't fit here. Now, if you now carry them and say, well, I want them to fit, they might not be your good friends. That doesn't make you and them good business partners. Now, the minute you sit at the table and words begin to come, you will sense it. Now, the issue is whether or not you want to push ahead with that. And that's what Isaac said. He said, I can send strife here. He said, you can have the will. Then he went to the next one. He said, you can have the well. And to show the power of location, when he got to one and there was no strife, he said, this is Rehoboth. This is the place that the Lord has sent us to. Therefore, we shall be fruitful in the land. The blessing won't have worked at Isaac where there was strife. But the blessing will have worked at Rehoboth where there was no strife. So you needed to understand this. You know, one guy in church told me something. And... Once you understand this, that's why the Bible says the discipline of riches. You see, this is what it is. You don't know your challenge is not when you don't have. Trials and tribulation is not really the test of a Christian. Blessings on the outside is the test of your faith. Son and all this thing is not really the problem. Now, to show you what I'm saying, God never told them about the giants in the land because he didn't think that was really an issue. All right? He gave them commandments. 
Now, they didn't know they were giants. He didn't tell them that, you see this land you are going to, you guys, oh, they are giants. Now, prepare, because he didn't really think it was an issue. When he was going to warn them, what was the warning? When you are full and you are fat, and everything around you has multiplied, you shall remember. That's why T.J. wrote a book, Can You Stand to Be Blessed? He said people can stand trials, but can they really stand blessings? Now, because this is the issue. When you're under pressure, you can push yourself into God to pray, to ask for direction. But here's the issue. When you now have all the resources that you can muster, and you can buy any property and be in any location, will you ask God for the right location? Will you take time out to pray unto him that God, there is a place that you have appointed for me? I have the resources now. Now, you might do that when you are in need. Are you following what I'm saying here? But when you now have, you can get deceived by the riches where the riches take the place of the blessing. Now, what you now do is that you now pray to him. When you didn't have, maybe you had to employ anybody you had to employ. But now when all the resources are available, that you can hire the Harvard graduate, you can hire the graduate of Stanford, Cambridge, Oxford, will you ask God for the right man? Will you see somebody that is not a Harvard, Cambridge, Oxford graduate and pick somebody that came from a backside university in Congo because the Lord said so? Or will you follow the response of your natural mind? That's where the challenges start coming. Now, are you following what I'm saying here? That's where the challenge is. Because the constitution of the blessing never changes before or after. The same process is the same process right to the end. You severe your emotional ties from what is on the outside that what is on the inside of you might continuously grow. Are you following this? And the greatest challenge, I remember I said two weeks ago when Bishop Edigo and I was living, he said, let me tell you this. He said, maintaining success is the hardest thing in this world, not getting there. That to get there, people think it's difficult, that is not the issue. It's that you are there. And to still wake up at the time you are waking up to pray. When you know that without prayer, the people will still come. Are you following what I'm saying here? When you are praying to God heavily, that God sent people into my meeting because you had no money to advertise. But now that you can advertise and the whole world can hear what you are doing, will you still ask him to send people? And the worst thing that can happen to you is to continuously be blessed without any connection with God. Prayer life, Zoom, where you assume that what you did to get there is no longer necessary. It is called the deceitfulness of riches. That's what happened to that man when his ground brought forth plentiful and he was no longer he now depended upon something else. God said, ah, listen, I heard this, I can't remember the preacher, I think it was Derek Prince. He said, while they were dealing with some people in the occult, that they told them that when we wanted to attack Great Britain and take the gospel out of Great Britain, we waited for over a hundred years. That we waited until the people were prayerless, but still they had those things around them. He said they got to the point where when we attacked, they had forgotten even about prayer. Where they wouldn't have turned back to prayer in response to the attack that we brought. Which means at a particular level, if they attack you, you quickly run back. So they said, listen, leave them. Let it continue to grow without it. 
any form, let things begin to increase. That is when you should fear, let me tell you this. When should you fear? Let me use myself as an example, as a pastor. You know, for one week you haven't prayed. That won't happen to me, but I'm just assuming now. All right? Now, for one week you haven't prayed. Yet, there are more people in the church on Sunday than the last one. So you question your principle about prayer. You understand this? Is it really necessary until one day, God forbid, you hear that fire has burnt up, then you realize that you had left your whole thing. You get what I'm saying here? Then you will know the lesson. So no matter what is happening on the outside, the same hunger and thirst that you have for the things of God, let it remain. The same push that you have, the same time you woke up, the same way you are given. Look, a time can come in your life, let me tell you this, that you won't give, you'll see things come back to you. But you can get to that particular point in your life, and every time you step back and tell yourself that, am I now wiser than the principles of God? You understand this? You can get to a point in your life where things, all these things will happen. But let me just close with this. Let me just leave you with this. That that blessing we're talking about is the seed of the kingdom of God that is planted on the inside of you. And in the development of that kingdom within you and the blessing on the inside, no effort is required in your own part to produce the events that will take you to the place that God has prepared for you. All that you have to do is to nourish that seed on the inside of you. Water what God has placed on the inside. In the same way you don't plant a seed and now pull it, grow. That same way you don't pull and try to pull for the growth of the destiny that God has placed on the inside of you. By itself, it will begin to unfold and bring events within your life. By itself. And understand this, when it begins to grow out and the events begin to show up, I think I said this here last week, that when the trials and tribulation come, go in that direction. That's the direction of greatest energy. Don't shy away from it. Take responsibility. That is the pathway of light. Go through it. Face your challenges. Don't ask anybody else to come and face your challenges for you. Face your challenges yourself. That's why I said that we know a blessed man. A blessed man, Joseph got to. He had full respect for Jacob, but he got to his destiny without the assistance of Jacob. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because he had the blessing that was operating inside the life of Jacob. You understand it? He got to the very point. He didn't have to call Jacob and say, Jacob, please come and help me. Some of these people, you know, I was telling people when we were growing up as Christians, and we got to a particular point, and people were saying, covering, covering. I said, you people, you are saying this thing to the extent that you might be covered. You understand what I'm saying here? When you're saying covering, and now you yourself are covered. And we can't see you again. Because Jacob was sent, Jacob was sent out by Isaac. To go and fight his battles. Oh, I got there. I said, no matter what I preach, I have to say this, in honor to Serena Williams. Because I watched her play tennis, and I said, this is what champions are made of. And this is what you need. I said, no matter what I preach, God, you must bring me. Thank you, love. All right? Now, you must, this is what champions are made of. And I was watching her match, and she had played. And what happened? She had won the first set, and then she got into the second set. Listen to this. And then as she was playing running, suddenly she screamed, and it was visible, the cameras were there. She got a huge cramp right here, and she started hitting it with the racket, and she fell down. And in Wimbledon, they'll give you one minute to diagnose what is wrong, three minutes 
to solve the problem or you leave the championship. So one minute they said it's cramp, three minutes with your physiotherapist, come back or you leave. And after three minutes, she was still in pain. And she got up to still play that game. And the way she said she was going to play it was that she couldn't run around again. And if you understand tennis, she said, what I will do is that I will never return the serve of my opponent, which means anytime she serves, she gets the point. So she stood with her racket, and anytime that girl serves, ah, the ball will go through. She said, I will win this match by serving this girl out. That I will, now, it, even if she, it happened or it didn't happen, this is what we call how champions are made. These are people that you will know were trained in the backside. It is not about, you, know, you understand this? This is how champions, and she got up, and then she was, and it was going, and they got into 6-6, six, six, and it became dudes, and then the rain started falling. And they said the rains have saved her. She went out, they came back, she was now wearing a suit, they had bandaged her everywhere. And she came out after about one hour and demolished the girl, 6-1. <laughs> Listen, she could have given up, that's what I'm saying, and not known that the rain was coming. And this is how losers fail in life. You understand what I'm saying here? What they will say is that there's a lion out there, therefore, she could have raised up a racket and said, listen, look, those people that are bold and courageous, heaven seems to back them. That's what I'm telling you. All right? Because she stood her ground. Listen, she was there. It's all going to say, everybody, you can see. You can see. You can see my leg. You can see my leg. You can see. And everybody will be writing. But she refused to be a victim. You understand it? She refused to be pampered. I said, people that don't have inheritance are always crying. This is how you know them. They are, I'm telling you this. They'll be crying. Those that are in this thing are not looking for anybody. They are not waiting for crutches. All right? They are not asking people on the outside, left and right, can you please give me some attention? They understand that, look, I must go through this process. I learned something about life from her that day. You know, the Bible says that a lazy man will say there's a lion in the street. You understand this? They say, why are you going for the business? It looks out of the window. You know, one day the landlord told me something. He said, it's a lazy man that talks like this. Somebody said, it's raining, I'm not going out. He said, it's a lazy man. I said, what do you mean, sir? Ah. He said, if he lives there, by the time he gets to where he's going, there's no rain. He said, but your son said, there's rain. He's sleeping on the bed. Do you know that in Yaba it was raining? By the time he got there, there's no rain. So he said, I'm not going to the island. Why? Ah, it's raining. Oh, ah, it's raining. It's not raining where you are supposed to be. Oh. Now, do you understand this? So you sit down and you lose out on a major lesson in life. That the benefits of persistence, that how the game will turn in your favor when you hang in there. That when you stay and you just hold on, that's why they will tell people that when they're in crisis, they say, listen, the key is hang in there. Don't ever give up on the inside. Don't go to the business visible on the outside, but you have given up on the inside. If you hold onto it on the inside of yourself, there is a law in this universe that will approve of you and things will turn out in your own favor. But if you, because of what you are going through, you get weary in your mind, and then for one muscle of meat, which means for just one thing you give, listen, that's what I'm saying, that this thing is not about, you know, I'm just saying something at my convenient time. You will go through difficult things and where you will stay with God. You will go through all of that, and you will learn all of those things when you are there with God. And when this thing begins to come out, understand that it is the air that comes out first. It is not the fruit that comes out first. So you will see a sign that will emerge in your environment that things are working. Don't go and assist that particular plant. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. 
which meant that Joseph almost destroyed it. When the blessing now brought him into a relationship with the chief brother, and the chief brother now got back his position, that was the heir. He sensed that something was happening, and then wanted to reap a harvest, and quickly told the chief butler, when you get there, please tell Pharaoh to release me. If Pharaoh had released him, they would have sent him away. Joseph would have said, this is my chance to run out of Egypt. He would have run very far. By the time Pharaoh had the dream, they would have been looking for him, and they would not have found him. You understand that? What he would have gotten was a deliverance, but not the better resurrection. It won't have been the manifestation of the blessing, but it will have been a gift. And he said, listen, we will not take the gift. What we want is the blessing. Are you following what I'm saying there? I've told you that there are kingdom men in business and they are businessmen. There are kingdom men that are preaching and they are preachers. There's a difference. When the blessing is there, then you are a kingdom man involved in something. Which means whatever you set your hand to do, you will prosper in it. It's not whether I'm in this or that. This is it. The blueprint lies on the inside of me. And when it comes out, don't go through what we call your 10 minutes or 5 minutes of fame, which is actually 5 minutes of madness that destroys your destiny. You understand it? Because there was a particular man. You know, 5 minutes of madness means you suddenly get the air and you start manifesting. For example, let me just give you a clue to this. Jensen Franklin, uh, he was one of the uh, prominent preachers coming up in U.S. now, a church, church of about 20,000 and of that. And he was speaking about this, the power of um, um, placement. So we're just talking about that. How he's in Greenville. Greenville is a, I mean, I, I don't even know where Greenville is. I just know his church is in Greenville. I mean, this is a remote area in U.S. But there are about 20,000 people there. Now, he said the first thing, when he gets into any church growth conference, and everybody says, what is the technique for church growth? He said, let me tell you the only thing I know. I am where God wants me to be. That's all. He said, the issue is, I am in the right position. He said, that's the starting point. Because God told Isaac, go to the land that I will show you. Which means, on not that level. Now, he was saying something. That when he was going to get the blowout on television and he was going to get his position in TBN, now he preached on TBN to the entire world and several countries watch his program. He said the first way it came was that he was just saying this, but I got this from it. That John Crouch, that is the wife of Paul Crouch, the owner of TBN, asked him to come and play the saxophone. Now, he was a pastor, but he plays the saxophone. Now, that was the air that was coming out. He was going to preach eventually, but he started out by playing the word saxophone. Now, do you know what your five minutes of fame is? They ask you to come and play the sax. Then you get there. Then you put down the sax. I said, before I play, because you want to preach. The Lord spoke to me while I was preparing for this. And he said, I should tell you, now, once you start, you hear, that there's a prophetic gift on the inside of me. And he said, the wall, because he knows it's on the world stage. So he starts talking. That's what he, and then Jean Crouch would have looked. All he did was to play the sax and to leave. In his heart, he might have known, one day I'm coming back. But this is what is called the air, which is, this is all I've been asked to do. Do it and drop it. And then you will see it go to something else. And then eventually the harvest will come. Don't reap the air because you will destroy it. Right? Don't go and take the leaves and say, where's the, where the fruit? Because it doesn't have it. Let it mature to the point where it will deliver it on your lap. You understand this? I remember once we were doing one campus, they were calling some great ministers of God, and we had UJCF, young, um, 
joined university, what do you call it? University joined campus fellowships. And there was this man who was supposed to announce. What we asked him to do was announcements. And in the meeting he said, what if the Holy Ghost comes upon me? No, that's why he called five minutes of fame that will take you out of ministry for life. You understand it? What if the Holy Ghost comes upon me and the Lord speaks to me and he just wants me to say something? Ha! And everybody looked at him. What we said is like, we said, what if the Lord says something? Then we found the scripture that the spirit of a prophet is subject to that prophet. You know what that means? God is saying, even if I speak to you, shut up. Do you know what that means? Which means God can reveal you to the people by speaking to you, and instead of you shutting up, you heard from heaven. But he said, after you heard, he said, we are testing you. So even though God spoke to you as you are seated, mm, mm, you understand that? When you come up, then you open. God says, well, I just need to show that this is how, you understand that? So the spirit of a prophet is subject to that prophet. You, you, there are some times that you sit down at things, take your time. You meet with people, tomorrow they might bring great benefits into your life. It's not the time to give out your business card. You will send them away. You understand it? Say, oh, well, um, what I mean to, um, because they said that um, use every opportunity you get. Now, and, and, you, you understand it? And then you are forcing yourself, poking the, the thing into it. And they lose every form of respect that they have for you. You understand that? Keep your mouth shut. Suddenly, they brought you into the courts of these people. The same way you met them that morning, when you wake up, you didn't know. Let the spirit finish his work. Don't complete it in the flesh. Since you didn't know you were coming to that gathering, watch to see what the spirit will do instead of you now getting involved and reading everything. If the spirit doesn't do anything, they know that there was nothing else to be done and leave because there's something else God has provided for you. But understand that that seed on the inside of yourself is growing. I remember, you know, people come to see me sometimes. They'll say, you know, we're young, we want you to mentor. And when you listen to them, what they're really coming to do is to tell you what they know. All right, they'll say, please, I want you to mentor me. I just started a ministry. Now, this is my vision. Now, once you sit down, I start listening. And then one told me one day, he said, this is my vision. And I was saying it. I said, I'm listening. He said, do you understand the depth at which I'm speaking? <laughs> I looked at the guy. He said, ah. he said, he said, do you understand the depth at which I'm speaking? You understand this? And come and say, I said, this is not a trained person. I, I, I just look at spirit. At the person. All right? Now they want to come. Let us go to the statement. You know, back then, I mean, it is proven to be so. All right? Uh, it's proven to be so. All right? And when there's the blessing, there's the blessing. All right? Now let me just say this. I mean, Bishop Lee was telling me that Copeland told him in general terms here, when he saw Covenant University, that we need you to come to America to train our ministers because there is no Christian university prominent there that is not in debt your own that is not in debt. There's something you know. Now, are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. Well, let me just go by telling you this. One time when I'm in at a massive conference, an archbishop talks. You understand this? I mean, if you've been for his meetings, I mean, Solomon, I'm not, but I mean, he will talk. In fact, there was one day wanted to say something. His wife, his wife was saying, no, she was denying Stop! Stop! So, and... <laughs> it's because I'm not preaching for service. That's why I'm preaching. All right. And Bishop Edeko was beside him and asked his wife, what, what does he want to say? And I was like, so he told his wife, let me tell them where I'm coming from. If you don't agree, leave this place. In front of everybody, leave now. Get up and go. But I need to tell them where I'm coming from. And he told us one story that I never forgot in my life. But this is another one. He just said it publicly. 
He said, many people came to me to show me what they knew. Many people came to, show, to, came to me to get from me. He said, many have come to show me what they know, and many have come to get from me. He said, but let me tell you, this was in maybe 91. He said, Oyedepo has come to serve me. He said, of all the men, you will see that he will be the greatest. Listen, he said it then, when there was, there was nothing like that to show uh, who will explode. That is, listen, that is behavior that confers the blessing on you. This is not, we are confessing the university will grow. We are saying the university will grow. You understand it? This is something that confers, whereby because the blessing is there, without you publicly coming to tell people we want to raise money. Huh? He told me something, I'm not supposed to disclose this, so I won't say it. But what he told me that they would do, when it starts happening, you will see it in this country about their university. That's just the beginning. All right? They will spend nothing less than 10 billion. And what, what he was telling me is that you will see that there will be nothing. Now, that's because the blessing is there. So what we're saying is that the faith message was right, but many men died confessing for Tyre when? All right, let me close you up. But when they should have thanked God that they didn't get the car, that what God had ordained will be opened up to them. And God is this way. If you insist on the car, when they insisted on a king, Samuel, these men have rejected me. They said they want a king, give it to them. But tell them, oh, this will be the consequences of it. When in the in wilderness they were saying, we want food, get the food to them. But tell them, the day they are face to face with their destiny, they will be as grasshoppers and the challenges will be a giant. The process for internal growth will have been circumvented because of these decisions they made in the process. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth and all righteousness in Jesus' name.